Sass Backwards is sponsored by Austin Lawrence Group, specializing in demand gen for SaaS. It sure is noisy. I deleted 100 emails from vendors just this morning. Your buyer has gotten better at ignoring you, and you're going to need a big idea if you want to cut through all that clutter. Austin Lawrence is just the right agency to help you find it. So if your campaigns are falling on deaf eyeballs, let's talk. Visit austinlawrence.com today, and let's build something bigger. Welcome to the SaaS Backwards Podcast, where we reverse engineer the success of fast-growing SaaS firms and explore strategies CMOs and CEOs are using to drive their businesses forward. Welcome to SaaS Backwards, a podcast that helps SaaS CEOs and CMOs to accelerate growth and enhance profitability. Our guest today is Chris Orlob, co-founder and CEO of P-Club. It's the number one online destination for courses for SaaS and tech salespeople on the planet. On the spinning rock that we call Earth. Yes. That's right. So, hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And thanks for joining us. So, we're at the Ascent Conference. Sort of get your quick take on Ascent Conference. Who have you met? And I think it's been amazing. We've met a lot of P-Club customers. We sell to both individuals as well as businesses. And I've met a lot on both sides, like, you know, individual sellers and entrepreneurs and CEOs, as well as business customers. And the conference has been great. It's been very energetic, great speakers. I particularly liked Insightly's CMO. Chip House. Um, yeah, he's a really good one. So been having fun. Awesome. Hey, before we dig in, could you just give us a little bit about your background? Sure. And what led you to found P-Club? Yeah. So I am probably best known for helping a company called Gong grow from a little less than $200,000 when I started at the company to a little over $200 million by the time I left about five years later. Spent most of my time in sales leadership capacities over there. But my lifelong passion has always been learning and skills and I credit to whatever good fortune I've you know, had in my life to a relentless focus on building skills, economically valuable skills, revenue generating skills. And that's what the mission of P-Club is all about is we help revenue and go-to-market professionals acquire skills that will help them accelerate their careers, build their business, and close more deals. Well, there's a great mission. And I'm sort of intuiting a little bit that you like to mentor others. I do. When so, I have time for it, I do. But yeah. So this is maybe a way to have some outlet for Absol- that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have individuals mm-hmm. who are your customers as well as organizations. So what kind of seller buys his or her own yeah. subscription? It, it's the kind that takes their development into their own hands, right? Not every seller is fortunate enough to be over-invested in and from a training perspective within their companies. And even the sales training that most companies deliver are kind of top down and they benefit the company a little bit more than the reps. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's something to be said. So the people who you know sign up for our website for usually 99 bucks a month where you get all access to all of our courses are people who want to progress their careers. Often entrepreneurs sign up too, like especially people who don't have um, like a deep sales or sales leadership background. So that's a long way of saying it's the hungry people. I prefer to consider them seekers, right? They're always sharpening the saw. They want to find out how they can be better sellers. And that kind of price point for an individual 
salesperson should be within reach if you're doing anything at all. And we actually just made that change. Prior to that, we had only had an annual $997 a year option. And we still have that for those who want to take advantage, but we just found that only having that was a little bit misaligned with our mission, right? We want to make these skills accessible to all. And so that's why uh, we made this monthly option available. Well, you know, pricing is like the lever, right? It's the lever to pull. Any SaaS or subscription business, if it's not going exactly as you want, like the number one place to look, I think is, there's like two places really. It's either pricing on the front end or success on the back. Right, either you're not doing a good job with the people you do get, or your pricing isn't enticing. Yeah, pricing isn't enticing. There you go. I did that, that right here now, man. <laughs> I did that pending right. on that. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, here on the podcast, we invent yeah. stuff all the time, so you can have it if you want. <laughs> all yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. And by the way, congrats! You've been at this a little more than a year, right? Yeah, yeah. And we started August 2022 officially. And, you know, how do you talk about your company's size and growth that you've achieved so far? You know, how do you characterize yourselves? I don't think we talk about it all that much because we're so squarely focused on talking about what our audience cares about and acquiring the skills that they need to be successful in this economic environment, right? Because if you think about the skills you needed in 2021 uh, to be successful in a revenue capacity compared to what you need now, they're wildly different. And the skills you need in 2021, the short answer is not much. Right? You just need to get in front of the right buyer. It was the go-go days, uh, beat them tech, and people were buying. And now it's not so easy. You need to learn how to create champions. You need to learn how to multi-thread and write business cases that sell. In some cases, you need to learn how to sell to CFOs. And so that's primarily what we talk about. Now, when people ask us about P-Club and how we talk about that, the company's grown very fast. I won't give specific numbers, but like I said, started a little over a year ago and we'll end this year, first calendar year with well into the seven figures as far as a runway rate goes. And I think that's a testament to how hungry people are for very specific sales education, right? There's a lot of broad stuff you can learn through books And I still do that, there's nothing wrong with that, but the specificity of learning the skills you need to sell technology, there's a lot more specificity required. I think that's where we're seeing the hunger. Might also be that there's less internal training at these companies, right? Yeah. So they need company sponsors, Mm -hmm. they need an outside resource like yours, which is a great environment. And you mentioned that it's harder to sell. What are the things that are right on the leading edge of selling today? Where do you see technology salespeople being successful? Well, I think where they're falling short is one of the first things I mentioned, which is being able to sell to a CFO without necessarily even talking to the CFO directly. Because CFOs typically don't want to meet with salespeople. But most deals, especially if you sell to businesses today, are approved at the CFO level because everybody's so tight and scrutinizing you know, with any new expenditure. And the best salespeople in this economic climate are developing finance acumen, right? They're working with FPNA alongside the business champions to create business cases that are going to resonate with the CFO. So long way of saying CFO acumen goes a long way in this economic climate. So that's been a recurrent theme over time on the podcast, both for marketing leaders and now here you're talking about it for sales. But I like the nuance you put on it you know, speaking to the CFO without necessarily. Because they don't want to talk to salespeople, but you've got to be able to sell to them still. And so there's some nuance in pulling that off. So this is one of those other skills you mentioned about building your champion. That's right. right. And arming your champion. And equipping them 
to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with their own CFO and looping in their FPNA partner to make sure the CFO is kept in the loop during the sales cycle so that you're not surprised at the end, right? Earlier this year, I told this story at the conference. I interviewed three CFOs, each of which ran a multi-billion dollar company valuation-wise. And I kind of called them out because the whole interview was about how do we sell to CFOs? And one of the questions I asked them was, how do we get access to the CFO? And all three of them said, you don't. Unless you sell NetSuite, you don't. And I said, okay, fine, that's good, that's fine. But what salespeople don't want is to run a three-month or six-month sales cycle only for you to shoot it down at the end because you weren't involved. And so reconcile this for me. And all three of them had the same answer. They said every CFO has a deputized department called FPNA, Financial Planning and Analysis. Part of their job is to work with your business champion on the business case and to keep the CFO in the loop in the background. And so that is your playbook for selling to the CFO. Most salespeople don't even know what FPNA stands for, let alone how to work with I'll them. To confess, get the I'll confess my first time hearing the acronym, <laughs> but I think that's great. So there's a playbook for working through that office exactly to get the financial and questions you, asked and answered. And you do that in partnership with your champion. They might be interfacing with their FPNA partner. Maybe you bring them into the deal. But the point is, you can sell to the CFO and speak their language without having to get a meeting because most of them are not going to give you a meeting unless you sell finance product. That's great insight. Thank you for that. So I wanna go back to the founding of the company again. And how did you build this company? <laughs> you know, you, you have, well, it's a lot of content yeah. and it's gotta be really good or people aren't gonna keep going. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, you know, company genesis story. We actually started a different company originally called Quota Signal. And it was a company that sold a hiring value proposition. We quickly learned that selling hiring in this economic climate is really hard because nobody's hiring or <laughs> very few people are hiring. At the time though, I created my first ever online course as kind of a side project because I'm just passionate about teaching and it blew up in a really big way. Part of that is because I have a decent sized audience on LinkedIn. And so the success of that course, which was a discovery course, like how to run a discovery call, led to another course, which was how to win competitive deals. And that led to another course, which was how to win or structured demos that sell. And the business just took off organically enough where we decided, let's go all in on building P Club. Me and my co-founder actually had the idea for this business about 10 years ago. And we woke up after these courses took off, realizing we inadvertently started the business that we wanted to start 10 years ago. And so we went all in on that. Tactically speaking, most of our growth has come from LinkedIn marketing, email marketing, word of mouth. And then at one point we had a big enough course library where we could then work with businesses to institutionalize it within their sales organization. We offer professional services to operationalize that. So it's been a very organic growth curve. We haven't invested much in terms of like paid marketing or anything like that. Um, we've just been fortunate enough to you know, know how to crack the code on social media. So how much of that success also is that you're subject matter experts in sales? Oh yeah, well, I mean, that's the most foundational part of what we do is if you think of what P-Club does, it is you learn directly from SaaS and tech revenue professionals who are operating at their skill, their unique topic at the highest level. 
And so for some courses, that's me. But I'm not a jack of all trades. And so we go find other people who know how to teach hiring skills or who know how to teach champion development or writing business cases. And that's the whole idea behind P Club is you have to learn from the best. And I think that's been a huge piece of it is because we work with the best, word of mouth spreads. These amazing course authors have a lot of the time social presences themselves and they market their courses. And that's been really helpful for us and for the people we serve. So if I was a very effective seller with my own big LinkedIn following, I could publish a course with you? Yeah, there is an application process. We like to joke, this isn't true yet, but we aspire to getting there. We like to joke that it's gonna be harder to become a P-Club course author than it is to get into MIT. <laughs> we don't have the volume quite yet to make that. There's aspirational but That stuff is where we're you. going is like, I mean, we've turned away many course authors because they haven't met our standards, right? They have to have a track record. They have to be specialized in a unique skill and they don't have to know how to teach that skill. And that's a very rare individual. And so we have to work with a lot of people before we find just one that we want to do a course with. So you've been at it a little more than a year. Mm -hmm. How are you like thinking about customer success as an aspect of helping you grow this business further? We take that so seriously that we actually don't offer typical customer success. Almost all of our business customers have professional services, which is kind of like success on steroids, where all of our professional services people have enablement backgrounds. And so they work with our business customers to create enablement plans with our content, to launch it, to create curated learning paths for different parts of their sales organization and reinforcement activities to make it stick. We have to take success very, very seriously in our business because if we don't, and we just give them a course library, that tends to only work for the smallest of companies. Anytime you reach scale, like if you have 100 reps, just giving you a course library is not en enough to move the needle. So it's very much, I wouldn't say it's done for you, but it's done with you side by side. That's how we approach customer success. So you've talked about not spending a lot on traditional marketing. Where is the most effective channel for you in terms of capturing you know, new clients? LinkedIn and email are our big money makers. LinkedIn, you know, I've posted every day on LinkedIn, probably twice a day for well over a year at this point. And so that's generated a lot of, you know, followership and people subscribing to our email list and buying our courses directly in some cases. And then the success we had on LinkedIn, we parlayed that into building an email list, which is a big size email list, given that we've only been around for a little over a year. And so we do a lot in terms of email marketing. I think we probably did a little too much with email marketing <laughs> during our first year. So we've toned it down just a little bit. We're more focused on providing value to our email subscribers rather than just selling, which is kind of what we you know, did for a while there. So those two channels have been terrific for us. I think there's a lot more we could be doing with YouTube and Instagram and some of these other organic social media channels. And what about outreach? Do you have an ABM plan? We don't yet. All of our B2B revenue has come inbound to us so far. And then some of it's come from my network. I hired a head of sales about a month ago. And so she's cracking the code on two things. One is just outbound. And then two is we have a unique opportunity to do B to C to B, which is if we find an account like VMware and they have dozens of sales reps who have signed up for you know our platform with their own credit card, 
it's almost like product-like growth. We can go into those accounts and reach the VP of sales and say, hey, you already have 12 or 20 or whatever the number is, account executives who are trying to upskill themselves. It might be worth a conversation because that might be a symptom of a skill building opportunity. And so that's where we think a big part of our B2B revenue is gonna come from going forward. One of my favorite questions is a look back. So if you were gonna look back since the founding of the company, is there anything that you would do differently looking back just these 15 or 16 months? Yeah, there's two things. One is I would have set up tracking and marketing analytics and instrumentation from day one because we're just getting that right. And we've been, it's almost a miracle we've been as successful as we have without all that because we've thrown a lot of spaghetti at the wall and almost all of it has stuck. And that's good luck. That's not skill. And so we've got to get a little bit more serious when it comes to what's working and what's not when it comes to our marketing and attribution and what have you. The second thing is I would have offered a monthly subscription to all of our courses from day one. We didn't start that way. We sold each course individually for between two or 300 bucks. And I think that kind of burnt out a few people in our audience because we kept releasing new courses and they're like, you know, I've already spent several hundred dollars with you. I would love to take this new course, um, but I can't afford it because I've already you know, spent enough. Versus if we had you know, offered 99 bucks a month for everything from the beginning, people can sample these courses a little bit more easily because they don't have to pay for one just to test it out. They can pay 99 bucks a month. They can dive into a few or just dabble with a few and then go deep with whichever one like really catches their interest. So those are the two things I would have done differently. From I think those are two good learning moments for our audience. Yeah. If people want to reach out to you or learn more about your company, how can they do that? Head over to pclub.io. That's our website, short for President's Club. Some people don't know that. It's intuitive with like, you know, account executives and sales leaders, you know, follow along with what we're doing there. Or you can just follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very active. I try my best to respond to most messages. I don't always live up to that promise, but those are the two best ways. Well, Chris, thanks so much for being on the SaaS Backwards podcast. Yeah. If you'd like to reach me, I'm on LinkedIn slash in slash Ken Lempit. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast and you want more great insights like we got here with Chris, please do so wherever podcasts are distributed. Chris Orlop, thanks so very yeah, much. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. That was great. Thanks for listening to the SaaS Backwards Podcast, brought to you by Austin Lawrence Group. We're a growth marketing agency that helps SaaS firms reduce churn, accelerate sales, and generate demand. Learn more about us at www.austinlawrence.com. You can email Ken Lempett at kl at austinlawrence.com about any SaaS marketing or customer retention subject. We hope you'll subscribe, and thanks again for listening.